0: To you, Crossroads Church.
1: Thank you, Anna, for that uh, beautiful rendition that song. Uh, So glad to see you, uh, even if it's on video. And just, uh, we're so proud of you and excited to see how God is using you uh, to lead worship uh, up in the Charlotte area for your church, and how He's blessing you and Barry uh, with this. Uh, child, uh, and excited for you. I know today, as well as next year, but today especially is um, a special Mother's Day for you. So thank you for that. Uh, love you, and we pray for you often and just continue to uh, allow the Lord to use you. I do want to uh, say thank you to all the kids and the students who worked on those videos to surprise Mom as we started off the service today. And to all the moms out there, I do want to say, uh, as Jack had said, Happy Mother's Day. And uh, you are uh, much more appreciated than uh, we tell you. And we just want to let you know uh, that you are um, loved, you're thanked, and you are uh, cherished uh, during this time. So today we're going to continue our series in First Peter and... Pastor Jack started last week in 1 Peter chapter 1. And today we're going to pick up in chapter 2. And I want to ask you a question, real quick. Has there been a time in your life, in this faith journey as a believer, where you've asked yourself, you've come at times in your life where you've asked yourself, um, Who am I? You know, um, what am I doing? What is my purpose? And uh, although maybe you've grown up in the church, but there's been times where you've just got to that point. You said, who am I? Well, uh, I believe First Peter tells us that and we, where God tells us uh, who we are and he uses Peter to do that. And so today we're going to actually go all the way down to uh, verses 9 and 10. And we're going to start there and then we're going to work our way back up uh, there in verses uh, 1 through Eight, But in verse 9, we see these words that Peter's telling to uh, all the believers that are dispersed in the five different provinces here. And he says this, But you, talking to the believers here, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I believe what Peter, if we could paraphrase this passage right here in verses 9 and 10, what Peter is telling us is this, Who are we? When we think about to God, who are we? I would say that peter's saying this that we are a group of people set apart by God for the purpose of intentionally pointing others to Jesus so that they can experience the same grace that we experience as they come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and there 's four things that I think that we will see in this uh, passage today in this scripture in these first uh, ten eleven verses of Chapter 2, and let's go back up to verse 1. We're going to see four characteristics or four qualities of the believer in these passages. He says this in verse 1, Therefore, Pastor Jack talked about that last week as he began his message. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind, like newborn babies... Crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the Scripture says, "...see, I lay a stone." A chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe the stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. A stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. For they stumble because they disobey the message. Your translation may say, they disobey the word of God which also which is also what they were destined for. Like I said just a minute ago, and I believe there's four qualities of the believer or four qualities of the church because the church is the believer in Christ. It's all the believers together who profess their faith in Jesus Christ represents the church. There's four Qualities or characteristics of the believer. Number one is that the believer continually confesses his or her sin. In verse 1, he says this to the believers. He says, therefore, rid yourselves, or one translation says, lay aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk. We're going to get to that in just a second. But the believer, the first quality or characteristic of the believer is that the believer continually confesses his or her sin. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, there's that point where we realize that there's sin in our life and that sin is separating us from the Father. And we come and we confess our sin for salvation. But that is not when the... where the confession of our sin should stop. It should be a daily discipline that we practice. So the believer confesses his or her sin. As they go through the journey of the Christian faith, we understand that there are times in our life where we have to come before God because we realize that there's sin that has crept up into our life, whether intentionally or unintentionally, that needs to be confessed. And the believer is one who is connected with the Spirit, and the Spirit is continue, continuously helping them to understand and see uh, that there's sin in their life that needs to be confessed. So the first quality or characteristic of the believer is that the believer continuously confesses his or her sin. And it will continue to be like that. That will continue to be a practice or a discipline that we must have in our life until the day that we die. There will never be a time, even as a believer in Christ, where we will not sin. That we won't have uh, days where we don't fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, for all have fallen short of the glory... Or, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the believer, the qual- first characteristic or quality of the believer is that they confess his or her sin. And it's not just a one-time... Deal. It's a daily practice. It's a daily discipline that we practice. The second quality or characteristic of the believer that we see here in verse 2 is that the believer desires the Word of God for spiritual growth. Peter goes on and he says, Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Those of you that are moms today, those of you that have been around babies, you understand that when when a baby is born, uh, they do really three things. They eat, meaning they drink the milk, they sleep, and they go to the bathroom and they eat, they drink the milk they crave the milk they desire the milk and all because they understand that it is vital for them to grow physically by we call it eating but it's really drinking them drinking their milk and as the days go on and the months go on and they continue every when they're born, I remember when Olivia was, was born, when Claire was born. Uh, those at every parent, you'll understand this that every two to three hours that you got to get up and there has to be some feeding that takes place so that uh, they will stop crying and go back to sleep at three o'clock in the morning. But the The believer desires the Word of God for spiritual growth. He says, like newborn babies, just like that baby who is craving that milk for nourishment in their body, the believer in Jesus Christ desires and craves the Word of God for the nourishment and the nutrients uh, for their spiritual life that they need each and every day. They desire it for the Word of God, just like as baby eats, and just as um, that, that baby drinks the milk and continues to get full and be filled uh, with that milk, the believer, as he continues to desire the Word of God, continues to be filled by the Spirit. It says, that you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Once you've tasted the gracious, the grace and the graciousness of our Lord Jesus Christ, you, know, you want more and more of it. You desire it more and more. You can't, there are times you just can't get enough of it. Once you've tasted something that's good... Chick-fil-A sweet tea. If you've ever had Chick-fil-A sweet tea, you know how good it is. And you want it more and more. Every time you go by a Chick-fil-A restaurant. Now, you're not going to get water. I am, because my trainer's watching. Uh, but, you know, but I desire what I want is sweet tea. But the believer desires the Word of God, why? For spiritual growth. As we continue in the Word, as we desire to know more and more about God, and we do that through His Word, we're going to grow spiritually. But here's a point. This second quality or characteristic doesn't take place if number one, talking about the confession of sin, isn't a daily practice in our life. We can't grow spiritually spiritually. By desiring the Word of God, if confession isn't a daily discipline and practice in our life. Unconfessed sin is a thing that stunts our growth spiritually. There can't be unconfessed sin in a believer's life and them to grow spiritually on an ongoing basis. So the second thing is the believer desires the Word of God. For spiritual growth, how are you doing in that area today, moms, dads, teenagers? How are you doing in that area of your life? Some of you're sitting on your couches right now, thinking, "Man, my spiritual growth is not where I want it to be." You know, it could be just as simple as there's unconfessed sin in your life that you haven't dealt with. And giving it to God. The third thing that we see here in the passage is this. That the believer never forgets what their life was like before Christ. Go back down to verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I believe the third quality of the believer is this, that the believer in Christ never forgets what life was like before Christ once they've tasted salvation. Johnny Hunt used to put it this way, He said, the greatest testimony, the greatest advertisement to the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a changed life. And I remember him sharing his testimony at a pastor's conference down in First Baptist Jacksonville, the very first time that I ever heard him preach. And he talked about how when the Spirit of God penetrated his heart, and he gave his life to Christ, and all, and he was changed, that he never forgot the moment when God saved him. I'll never forget... 1993 at Myrtle Beach Sea Mist Resort, we were on our youth retreat. And I'd grown up in the church, some of you, uh, many of you know my testimony, but um, I'd grown up in the church, I'd uh, even um, gone through the emotions of being baptized already. But I went through the motions of living my life like a believer in Christ, but I never really gave my heart to Christ. And I'll never forget in 1993, I remember we were talking to Adrian on a Zoom call just uh, this past week. And we were kind of reliving this because Adrian Dupree uh, was our camp pastor uh, that week. And I remember riding on the school bus, because that's what we had uh, at churches back then. that was our mode of transportation, basically old school buses. I remember riding down to the beach that day On that Monday, and in my heart, as the Spirit of God had already started moving in my heart, I remember vividly thinking, Thursday night, because you know, big decisions happen on Thursday night at youth camp. All right? So I remember saying, Thursday night, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus Christ. And as we we were talking the other night with Adrian. That Tuesday night, he preached the message that he's preached thousands and thousands of times before. And that Tuesday night, the Holy Spirit pricked my heart and He showed me that uh, I'd never truly received Jesus Christ in my life. I'd just gone through the motions. I was just playing the church game. And that Tuesday night, in that little conference room there at C-Miss Resort in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina... I fell to my knees and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And Adrian said the other night, he said, Can you imagine what the conversation was in heaven? He said, here you were saying, Thursday night I'm going to get saved. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus Christ. And God's talking to the angel and says, and I'll watch this. And then Tuesday night comes and the Holy Spirit starts working in my life. And the Holy Spirit uh, pricks my heart and I realize that I needed Christ in my life. That was the one thing that was missing. You never forget, the believer never forgets what their life was like before Christ. Because when you've lived in darkness for so long, and then you, live in, you begin to live in the light of Christ, you never forget what darkness is like. And you never want to go back there once you've lived in the light, in the light of Christ. The believer never forgets what their life was like before Christ. That's the third thing. The fourth thing and the final thing today is this. That the believer lives his life in a way that the unbeliever sees Jesus through their testimony. Go to verse 11 and he says this. Peter wraps up the first part of chapter 2 by saying this. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. The believer lives his or her life in such a way that the unbeliever sees Jesus through their testimony. How many times have you been at work? How many times, students, have you been at school? And you're trying to live for Christ. You're trying to live your life in obedience to to the Word of God. Only to be mocked. Only to be made fun of. Whether publicly or behind your back. But if you'll continue to live your life for Jesus, and you'll live your life as a testimony for Jesus, unbelievers will see Jesus through your testimony, whether they want to or not. You see, we're in a time where many people in this world that we live in have had to be isolated From people because they tested positive for COVID nineteen, they've been quarantined. Why? Because they've don't want the virus to spread. And I believe that so many many times that the church has tried to isolate themselves from the world because they're afraid that the world may infect them with philosophies and things. the views and beliefs of the world that are contrary and in contrast to the Word of God. But I believe the the saying you've heard before, that we are to live in the world and not of the world. Believers should not isolate themselves from the world, but engage it with the power of the Spirit and the power of the Gospel. Warren Wearsby puts it this way, Separation is not isolation, it is contact without contamination. I'll read that again. Separation is not isolation, it is contact without contamination. I believe that because the Spirit of God lives within us, it is possible for us to engage the darkness with the light of Christ that lives inside of us. And not be infected by the world if we choose to live and walk in the light. So who are you? You are part of a group of people set apart by God for the sole purpose of intentionally pointing others to Jesus. Or Peter would say, you, believer in Jesus Christ... You're a chosen people. You're part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation belonging to God. And then he tells us why as he finishes the last part of verse 9. So that you may declare or so that you may proclaim, your translation may say, the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So I ask you today, Crossroads... And those that are watching online. Are you living in the light? Does the light live in you? No longer do you have to say, as a believer in Christ, Who am I? Because the Word of God says that you're a child of God, you are bought with a price. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And you don't have to be ashamed. And you live your life for Christ. And others will see Jesus through you. Maybe you're watching today. And you've never made that decision to trust Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Just as He did those people in the book of Acts when Peter preached the first sermon of the New Testament and you realize that there's something missing in your life you want to trust Jesus with your life today it's as simple as just admitting that and confessing your sin before a holy God and believing that Jesus is who he said he is and committing your life to him today do you want to do that? Maybe there's a, there's a son or a daughter out there. Maybe there's a husband or wife out there today that wants to give their life to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this? On Mother's Day 2020, there are many prayers by many moms that have been praying for the decision that you're ready to make today. If you're ready to make that decision, if you'll just click on the Zoom link, in the comments section. We'll have someone there who's ready to talk to you, ready to uh, share with you, ready to rejoice with you, your newfound faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you guys for joining us today. Moms, happy Mother's Day. Hope you enjoy your day with your family. And we will see you next week. God bless.